Welcome to Fishing Without Bay. Whether you've come here by accident, were kidnapped, or held hostage, or actually on purpose, welcome. My name is Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and through Fishing Without Bait, we help people develop a lifetime without definitive expectations and help people explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. If you're welcome nowhere else, you're welcome here. The only admission is the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. And as expected from our past podcast, we offer an eclectic roster of guests. And today we're introducing, and glad to have on our show, John and Rachel from Yajagoff, Pittsburgh. Yajagoff, Pittsburgh. Wow, if somebody's listening to that outside of, uh, outside of Pittsburgh, where we're at, uh, how would you explain that? Well, you know, Yajagoff is a phrase. It's a Pittsburghese phrase. And most people think it has a negative connotation, which it can. If you cut me off in on the highway, I'm probably going to yell you Jagoff and maybe a few other words. But it, for Pittsburghers, it's also a term of endearment. I think we make sure it's a term of endearment, right? We don't want the negative connotations. So we try to train Pittsburghers to realize that it's this umbrella that we all fall under. That's pretty cool because it means we're from Pittsburgh. If I see you in the airport and you have your Jack Lambert shirt on tucked into your church jeans, I'm going to hug you and go, hey, how have you been, you Jagoff? I didn't know there were church jeans. <laughs> of course there are. Wow. Well, I'm from the 12-step world, and what we say, it's our singleness of purpose that binds us together. So perhaps, John, that's kind of what you're talking about. There, you, there you go. Yes. Yeah. It's our singleness of purpose that binds us together. So, John, what's good about being you? Uh, you know, I would say what's good about being me is, quite frankly, for the first time in my business life, it took me this long to find the perfect business partner. I'm not just saying that because she's sitting here. I'm saying that because what's good about being me is that uh, I think I do a pretty decent job at doing things, but um, in finding the right business person who, um, who holds the same standards in their heart, mind, and soul, and works on it every day is pro is that's that's what's good about being me is that I have a very very good probably the best partner ever and for me that makes life easier it makes life easier to go to work every day it makes when we're up toiling at one o'clock in the morning trying to figure out who's going to pay what and how we're going to get all this work done it makes all of that worthwhile because we all know that certainly being a, a small business owner is not always the easiest thing. But, you know, again, what's good about being me is that I am a small business owner and I have someone that I can 100% rely on. Does that make sense? It makes much sense. And Rachel, what's good about being you? How would you represent yourself? Ditto. I mean, <laughs> who says it better than that? Um, you know, I think we tell the story that, um, you know, basically I was in a PR firm and John was pretty much the podcast that everyone knew, as, as we know. Podcasts have had their ups and downs, and he was someone whom I gave our press releases to. And I just immediately upon, no, not immediately, but the second time I met him, realized that he is just this mind that that blew my mind and somebody that I wanted to emulate in the business to understand that we're not young, we're not millennials, you know, and we're figuring out the way that technology is moving, the way that the, the world is moving, the way pop culture was moving. And I just loved his business savvy and, and how he approached things. And um, 
literally was just like, well, if you ever need anybody, let me know kind of thing. And uh, he was like, okay. You know, I almost felt like I was infringing. And he says that he didn't want me to, to, to think it was bigger than what it was. And um, we just kept bouncing ideas off of each other. And I found myself so lucky, like a sponge to just absorb, you know, anything that he kind of uh, spewed. And um, I was fortunate enough to hold on to that. And, and then as he said, later become his business partner. And I, I, you know, he says he is the best one and I say the same thing. So we're very, very fortunate because we're very good friends. We work together every day. We're like minds and um, somehow we make it work. Yeah. Our families get along. Our families grew close over this business relationship and uh, it's pretty interesting. And we always say we're not millionaires at all, but we're millionaires at heart because we really, again, things get tense, but uh, we really do enjoy our work. And our work is straddling between two things in between uh, being a podcast or media person and then also having a podcast media company. So some days we have to go out and play podcaster and interview somebody. But in the meantime, you know, we're very fortunate enough that we have people that can back us up and do the other work that needs to be done for our clients. So again, sometimes the lines blur whenever our clients are asking, you know, like if they're helping us questions and we don't think it's the right way, we're like, let me ask that question for you (laughs) kind of thing, you know, but yeah. But again, again, good to be me because again, I don't care if I'm a a millionaire by, by finance, I wear certainly I feel like a millionaire because enjoy it gets enjoy every day, to be honest with you. Sure. Good answer, right? Wonderful. So it's super groovy, we'd say, in the old days, John. Uh, And you can say that in the new days, too. So it sounds like this was serendipity that you two got together. No doubt. Oh, yeah. And kind of uh, synchronicity that one plus one equals three. There's a synergy there for sure. And it's do all the S words, serendipity, special, and... and, uh, and well, people can't figure out like you know? what are like. How long have you guys done this now? Ten years, and we're like we're going on five. You know, um, but that you know when you know it's the right fit, it's it's the right fit. And that, I think it's sort of you know we were bouncing these ideas off of each other in like 2017, um, well 16 into 17, just kind of like oh what about this and what if we kind of collabed on this? And then by 2018, we were like why aren't we just doing this together? And um, you're so fortunate on how we grew from there. And just that, again, like minds, because sometimes, listen, my kids, his kids, my husband, you know, they think we're dorky. Go figure, <laughs> you know, and uh, we are. And that's sort of the the cool part that we we still balance each other somehow, even though we're both dorks. Well, you're dorkier. So could we I, call that unique? <laughs> What's that? Could we say that you're both unique? Unique. Better than dorky. I love it. That's like calling these gray hairs wisdom hairs. Or my gray hairs that John so nicely pointed out. But yeah, people, you know, that's funny because people can't figure out like, are you married? Are you siblings? Are you good friends? Like, what's the, what is the dynamic here? And, um, you know, obviously business partners first. And then, like he said, we were very fortunate to become very good friends and uh, we enjoy our time. We certainly argue. We certainly have um, our differences, but it's, it's the best balance because, you know, the male, female, like it just, it works. It's just that, I don't know, that yeah. seesaw kind of thing. It re- yeah. It, another S word, right. But, uh, you know, you said serendipity and we were hitting, but synchronicity is one thing. Like we really are in sync 
if people do believe sometimes we even we, sing their songs right <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> right but but you know um i mean we do finish each other's sentences people think we've been together for 40 years but Rachel's, but I'm not old enough. Rachel's not old enough to do that. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, it, it, you know, it really has been something that personally I've never experienced in my entire life. So you two are an anomaly. Uh, most times, I'm sure you've heard the saying that the surest way to lose a friend is to go into business with them. Yes. <laughs> well, and that's the, you know, so when I left, I left Markowitz Communications, which, you know, we both credit Markowitz for, um, for our blessing, right? And so Saul Markowitz took the time for me to kind of get back into the industry. And um, for two years, I worked for him. And again, that's where I met John. And, you know, I just said, I think it's just time that I kind of go on my own. I was a mom of three and I wanted a little more time at home. Um, and who knew that that then once you, I became my own business owner, that the time becomes even more scarce. And my husband said, you know, a couple people had offered maybe like six months in, like, well, we could partner or let's collab or let's do this or let's do that. And my husband said, you know, you left one organization to do this on your own. Why are you going to partner? And I said, you're right. And I'm so glad that I listened because, again, the more we talked and the more we bounced ideas off of each other, it just made sense. And that time sort of told the tale that it's time. So it wasn't immediate. You know, it was 2016 whenever I was done. It was like November and we didn't partner until January of 2018. Um, but we've been working together for the five years. So, um, yeah, I think it was just perfect timing. And, you know, I jokingly, because you have to really watch how you say this, but um, women can be tough, right? When women are together, sometimes there becomes a cattiness. Um a sense of, I, I think having a competitive nature is important, but sometimes there's a different layer of it with women. And um, there's just something to be said for a male partner, but the, the perfect male partner, because I don't know that I could work with every male. Depends um, how you keep score, Rachel. Right. <laughs> I am a scorekeeper. So this is where good ideas usually stay, right? Right in the cranium, right between your sure. ears. And there's a I like to speak at rehabs and I tell, I usually tell a story how things get forward. There was a person who prayed to win the lottery every day, sweat, blood, but nothing ever happened. So they got so angry that they yelled up at the sky one day, God, why won't you let me win the lottery? And God called back down and says, could you meet me halfway and at least buy a ticket? So, <laughs> so the idea is about all these ideas floating around in both of your heads. So tell our audience about buying the ticket and getting off the couch and into action. Wow. Um, when yeah. did you get off the couch? John? Yeah. Well, you know, I bought my ticket in that. Um, I had a pretty nice job and uh, thought it was the last job ever. I had a really nice big office, 12 minutes from my house. Thought it was the job forever. Like I said, and so after 18 months, the, the company was sold. And so as a big wig marketing person, I knew really nothing about social media. So I asked our friend Dan to see if he could help me start a blog. And uh, I didn't ever think that that would be my job, but I just wanted to start it because I thought it would help me learn how to use social media. It did do that. And then it became this. So, so I told myself I could easily go back into the corporate world and work in my cubicle in my office. But because that's the easy thing to do. 
But for me, I did not want my future in the hands of somebody else. If their investments went poorly, they'd take this part of the spreadsheet and cut them out. I knew that being in business for myself would be awfully difficult. And But I also knew that I'd rather roll that side of the dice than the dice of working in a cubicle or again, nothing wrong with that. I just, it just wasn't for me and I wasn't willing to take that chance. And now we just so, fight over who would get ya and who would get Jaguar. Yeah, if we ever <laughs> split up, decide. <laughs> Clearly I'm taking ya. Clearly. There's other things that go with it. <laughs> well, we've now exposed that she's thinking about it, right? And now I know what her, her uh, art of war is right now. So you had you had this germ of an idea. How did you make it bloom? Uh, the germ of the idea was just, <clears throat> again, calling our friend Dan, who is a great one of our team members now, uh, and said, how do I do this? And he painstakingly showed me how to set up a blog, how to use social media. I painstakingly made huge mistakes on social media, reached out to a few people, Mike Sorg would be one of those people by going to PodCamp. He and Missy were so nice. And Katie Dutters, I went to this, I was the oldest person there, I think. And I'm like, well, I want to know about podcasting and social media. And they're like, who is this dork and uh, this old man? But uh, in the meantime, they were so sweet and so nice. And uh, the, you know, they were willing. Some other people were like, I don't know, like figure it out on your own because I'm trying to grow my own blog. And uh, but then you had the swords and Katie and and uh, and Doug Durda, who just said, you know, let me help you. you know, whatever questions you have, come to us. So that was kind of like the start. Of it. That's the ticket I bought. What, I guess. what was the original idea, guys? What was the original idea that you wanted to put forward? I mean, the original idea was a silly blog to point out Jagoffs in Pittsburgh. So Jagoff being a term of people that are jerks or embarrassing the rest of us. So the blog was to point out people that are embarrassing the rest of us Pittsburghers. And then I got bored with that. So I continued to do that. And then I started a series of videos called Jag It Around with Jagoff. And then I had a gentleman uh, who we uh, follow fervently over from national he's a national speaker take a deep dive into the blog and say is this a hobby or is there something here and he said well i think you need to start a podcast and I'm like well i need one more free thing to do sure so we started a podcast and then the podcast became now a media company and so we've been fortunate enough that the pod people used to find the podcast through the blog they now find the blog through the podcast and when they're on the podcast, they see our social media and they kind of say, hey, can you guys help us with our social media? You seem to be OK. at it." And that's really that's the, the blog of writing silly jagoffs up on a week on a daily basis is kind of how it all started. But then you, you say, you know, it's so important to us that we don't use jagoff as a bad term right so i think you i mean just my take on it was that you sort of saw that as like well that's that's a shtick that's not longevity right well yeah I and mean, so you i know. think you kind of saw like you said the videos became how do i encapsulate pittsburgh yeah you know and I then mean, just what i that was sort of my take on it yeah. i don't know that and the whole the, the whole idea was we never got turned down for an interview because of the word except for one one national entity but interviewing people like Garth Brooks and things like that under the name Jagoff, it's like, well, this is a Pittsburgh term. People are adopting it. And we always wanted the thought that 
how can we make this kind of like a fun thing where people are proud of it? And prior to this, people didn't say it on the news here. It was a matter of fact, you know, different times and uh, you would hear like, oh, you can't say that. But now we get introduced on the news like, hey, it's the Jagoffs. <laughs> so, yeah. so and again, you know, it's it's about when when Rachel walks in and says, hey, you know, we know that all of a sudden there's this impactful connection and we're like, OK, how do we take this from here? How do we take it from this level to this level? And that's really what happened. You know, the 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 extra brain, the that thinks a lot like mine, but just not just enough, not uh, different that it just it's, it, it was an impactful thing. And, you know, once she comes in, the whole thing skyrockets. So it's, it's he plays the song. The party doesn't start till she walks in. Right. Every day. So, uh, <laughs> so how do you explain Pittsburgh culture? Let's say to someone from Des Moines, Iowa. At this point, you mean? Yes. So I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. I'm interested in listening to your podcast uh, and perhaps advertising on it. I've never been to Pittsburgh in my life. Well, I think it's through the stories of the other of people whom we speak with, right? I think we're not very good at talking about our perceptions, but rather gathering, as dorky as it sounds, gathering data from the people whom we interview, right? So the coolest part for us, and I think what excites us, you know, just this week we interviewed a journalist from the Observer Reporter, and I said, you know, I am truly a, a a sucker for a good journalist, you know, just like anyone has a hobby. I love hearing journalistic stories. And I think to us, knowing that most Pittsburghers have that aha moment, but there's something about this city that makes you want to stay, right? There's a reason that we had this rebirth, this rejuvenation, and that people, you know, young people were leaving for so long. And it's, even in, in my class of time, whenever they were going to college, they were moving away because this was a sleepy senior town. And we had this rebirth and this this, I don't know, sense, sense of belonging. People come here and it is welcoming and it is a good place to be. And people do, they, word of mouth exists here. And I think hearing people talk about all the goodness of Pittsburgh is what we can talk about. And we both obviously have the longevity and being in our forties and fifties to say, we saw it when it was a coal town. We knew it when Three Rivers Stadium was here. Look at us now, you know, COVID aside, you know, we're, we're considered a foodie town or our best place to live. And why wouldn't that be? It's a great place for me to raise a family. It's a great place to have a small business. Um, I think that the, uh, the opportunities are endless. And I think that the people who we could talk to could bear repeating and it'd still be an interesting story. Yeah. And I think, you know, we always hear this be, being inside. We don't notice it all that much because it's just lifestyle. It's the culture here. But we always hear people say, it's a big city with a small town attitude, right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, media people like news anchors and radio people, they go to one city and they might get fired through, you know, it's their expectation to be fired and move on to the next yeah. city, right? We have so many that come to Pittsburgh that stay here. Yeah. And so many athletes that come here, pass through here, then retire here because yeah. of it. And, and that's not even actually, athletes, like even the people we talk to at Providence Point. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. Uh, no, that's yeah. No. And that's actually, that's it's such a great uh, lead that she did because that's actually what the podcast has is. So while the blog started off pointing out, you know, jag off this, this person can't drive, this person can't park. The podcast is all the cool things going on in Pittsburgh. So it is culturally uh, 
cool in that we have a company here in Pittsburgh that's about to drive a module around on the moon's surface right here from the north side of Pittsburgh. And like, that's crazy from a technology standpoint. Yeah. We have so many nonprofits. We have so many things, good things, as Rachel said, food, cultural events. It's crazy what's here. And that's why. So the the um, the podcast is culturally uh, well, significant. And we just recently said, we're calling it a noun. It's, it's a person, a place and a thing, right? Because it was important to us. Yeah. We could be in a studio, but if we're on site, if we're on set and we're showing you the thing, the place and the person, isn't that the whole story? So you're actually seeing the canvas behind us or, or, that's where we're residing to kind of do the podcast. I think that's the coolest part. Right. And then, so we're trying to get people to experience Pittsburgh, at least audio through the audio version of the podcast, because it, each of the podcasts we've been doing better at making them experiential. If it's a cool thing to go out to eat at a place in Pittsburgh, we do that. If it's a cool thing to go throw axes or this smash place where you go smash TVs to get your anger out <laughs> or whatever it is. We take all of our guests there, experience that, and then, uh, you know, they get to talk about it. And people that aren't here in Pittsburgh anymore, expats, or people that are listening to it for the first time, get to learn a lot about what's going on in Pittsburgh. I think your dog wants to go smash some TVs. Please tune in next week for our continuing conversation with John and Rachel of Yajagoff. And as always, at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription, fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste, my friends. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait click the shop icon on our website we have clothing mugs cell phone cases and so much more show the world that you fish without bait this show is a member of the sorgatron media podcast network find out more at sorgatronmedia.com